Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Savelle. Thank you for joining me today. I pray that as you watch and listen to the lesson that we're going to be sharing with you, that it's going to help you learn how to stand your ground. The Bible says from the writings of the Apostle Paul, having done all to stand, stand therefore. In other words, the attitude is don't ever give up. You know, we all go through adversity from time to time. And I'm going to be talking to you once again today. This is part two of how do you respond to adversity? Now, I read last week on the broadcast from Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 10. And it says, if thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Notice he says, if you faint in a day of adversity, your strength is small. Well, the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So joy comes, or strength comes from joy. So you could say it this way. If you faint in the day of adversity, it's because you've lost your joy. You've, your joy has diminished. So how do you get your joy back? Well, fellowship with Jesus. Fellowship with the Word of God. Don't ever run from God when you're in trouble. Don't ever run from His Word when you're in trouble. Stay close to God. Stay full of His Word. Stay full of joy, and you can overcome any attack Satan brings against you. I'm taking you back into the service where we're talking about this. So watch now, and I'll be back in just a few moments. If possible, take notes. You're going to enjoy it. My Bible says, happy is the people whose God is the Lord. I've said many times, based on what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, he says that, that the only people in the on the planet that have a right to be unhappy are people that don't know God and don't have a covenant. Well, we know God. Lift your hands if you know God. Lift your hands if you have a covenant. Then you're no longer entitled to be unhappy. Put a smile on your face and say, thanks, I needed that. Amen. Now, I think you would agree that this pandemic that we're experiencing here in our state, our nation, all over the world, would certainly come under these uh, definitions. They fit. And please understand, I am not endeavoring to make light of this pandemic because it is serious. It's taking lives. A lot of people are hurting because of it, a lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are, are existing barely on what they've got left in savings. Some are even having to take their retirement funds and live on them. Some people are having to move, sell their homes and move into a rented home or, or something. And some people are even having to live in shelters. This is serious. And I'm not, I'm not making little of it. But if God did not provide a way for us to overcome it, then what kind of God would he be? My Bible says he's a good God. My Bible says he's not only good, but he's the author of good. What kind of God, I wouldn't serve him, what kind of God would sit around in luxury and watch his people suffer. 
Amen? I mean, you have heard his gates are carved out of one pearl. (laughs) Streets are paved with gold. You ever read the description of the throne room? What kind of God would live in that kind of atmosphere and pay no attention when his children are suffering? It's not the God I serve. Amen. My God is a good God. Look at your neighbor say, my God is a good God. Now, is anyone interested in here today as to what the Bible says about how to face adversity? Anybody interested? Or would you rather watch CNN? (laughs) That's the problem with a lot of people right now. They're watching CNN too much. And I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says, faith cometh by hearing by CNN. No, faith does not come by watching CNN. Fear cometh, dread cometh, worry cometh. That's what, that's what cometh when you watch CNN day in and day out. Amen? I'm not watching that stuff. Got enough trouble as it is. Don't need news people telling me, more is coming. I'm depending on God. I'm trusting him. Hallelujah. Somebody said, and how's that turning out for you, brother Jerry? Oh, marvelous. Hallelujah. Marvelous. Glory to God. Amen. Now I'm going to read it again. Proverbs twenty four ten. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Now, let me give you some other words that are synonymous with the word strength. Uh, I'm sorry, with the word small. Number one, inferior, diminished, deficient, and even substandard. So let me read that scripture with these other words that are synonymous with the word small. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is inferior. Your strength is diminished, deficient, and substandard. And what does the Bible tell us as to where our strength comes from? Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Say that with me. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Say it again. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So if that's true, and it is, then could Solomon be telling us here that if we faint in the day of adversity, then it's because our joy has been diminished and our joy has become deficient and our joy has become substandard. I think we've just answered the question. Amen. If you look around today, there's a lot of Christians that either have no joy or it is diminished. And I don't think they realize how important their joy is to victory, success. Back in 1981, uh, 
we had a board meeting. All of our board of directors came in from all over the nation. We had our business meeting and went over all the, the uh, accomplishments of the year in the ministry and, and, and what our vision was for the coming year and so forth. Gave them the financial statements and all that. And then when the meeting was over with, we all had a meal together, some fellowship. Some of them uh, were staying in our home, others staying in hotels, but we had everybody come to our home that night. We continued our fellowship, and, and then uh, those that were staying in hotels left. And finally, it was nearly 1 o'clock in the morning before I got to bed. And I had to get up the next morning and fly to Tulsa to preach with Kenneth Hagin at Ramah. And so I was tired. I mean, we'd had a, a long weekend, and I was ready for bed. I laid down. Carolyn was already in bed. I laid down and the moment my head hit the pillow, I heard these words. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I said out loud, not now, Lord, I'm tired. <laughs> I closed my eyes again. He said, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I said, Lord, that's wonderful. I'll study that tomorrow. <laughs> I closed my eyes. He said, if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. I said, okay. I got up. Carolyn said, when I got up, I woke her up. She said, where are you going? I said, to my study. She said, why? It's one o'clock in the morning. I said, the Lord said something to me and I got to go pray it out. She said, you're leaving at seven o'clock in the morning. I said, I know, but I got to do this. So I went to my study and began to pray it out while... Once I began to pray it out and the Lord began to share with me about the force of joy, the power of joy, I got so excited I could not go to sleep. I could hardly wait to go to Tulsa and I preached it for the first time at Ramah. And then I preached it shortly after that in Brother Copeland's Believers Convention. And I preached it every day about if Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. And then from that, we put it in a, a little book. If Satan can't steal your joy, he can't keep you goods. This book has gone around the world. At the time of this printing, uh, there, there was a quarter of a million copies out. Then they started printing it in different languages. It's been reprinted at least 10, maybe 15 times. I've written over 80 books, and this is still one of my best-selling books. And everywhere I go, people, at least one person will say to me, Brother Jerry, that book or that message on if Satan can't steal your joy, can't keep you good, changed my life. Amen. Up until that time, I did not know about the power of joy. In fact, I was... Uh, when I'd go to a meeting, if I wasn't speaking, I really was not into the praise and worship. I mean, I would sing and all, but I was ready for the word. You know, particularly if it was a, a great man of faith. You know, get off the platform. Let the man come in. <laughs> you know? I'm just being honest. Sorry. <laughs> I've changed. Hallelujah. I, I changed. And 
I, I just had the attitude, that's, that's, that's all, all this singing is not going to do me any good. I need the word. I want the word. Amen. You know, get off the stage. We want the word. <laughs> and I was invited to speak in Muskogee, Oklahoma at a full gospel businessman's regional convention. And myself and Charles Capps and Vicki Jameson and a man named Bill Bozanski were the speakers. And I'd heard of Bill Bozanski because he was a, a, a regular at a lot of the full gospel businessmen meetings, but I'd never met him. So uh, Demas Shakarian, who was the founder of full gospel businessmen, was there. And they had all of us speakers on a, on a stage and uh, tables set up because they, they had a, it was a banquet meal as well. And we're all sitting on the stage and all the audience is out in front of us like you are. So Charles Capps is sitting next to me and Vicki Jameson, no, I'm sorry, uh, Vicki Jameson on the other side of Charles and then Demas Shakarian, because I was speaking that night and, and he was sitting next to me. He was going to introduce me. And so uh, this Bill Bozanski, he was only going to be there for one, uh, he was, he was going to be there that day for a service and he was going to be in the service that night. But I hadn't heard him yet. I was preparing for the service while he was speaking that afternoon, so I wasn't in the meeting. So I don't know Bill Bozanski from Adam. And so we're sitting on the platform there and they're doing the praise and the worship and everybody's singing and there's a big crowd there. And I'm looking and finally through the door back there, a guy come in and he's dancing and he's pulling people out in the aisle to dance with him. And he'd dance with them and twirl them around and everything, you know, and then he'd, he'd leave them alone and he'd go get somebody else. And he did that all the way to the platform. And I'm thinking, eventually some usher is going to set this nut down. <laughs> Amen. That's what I thought. But they didn't. And then he started coming up on the stage. I thought they're going to let him up here. I, I thought he, you know, full gospel businessmen back in those days drew a lot of weird people. <laughs> in fact, in that very same meeting, there was a guy they called the Birdman. Did anybody ever hear of the Birdman? The Birdman. He, he would come to the full gospel businessmen's meetings and he would stand out in the streets and do songs in a bird tweet. In fact, that morning in our hotel, how many of you remember Russ Taft with the Imperials? Russ was working for me then. And I got up that morning to shave and shower. And when I got out of the shower, I was standing there in the mirror. And I heard this bird outside <laughs> singing the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> I called Russ. I said, you hear that bird? He said, yeah. I said, he's, he's tweeting the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> I said, Russ, go catch that bird. We can make millions off of him. You know? <laughs> So Russ went outside and it was the bird man. That's the first time we ever heard of the bird man. And he would come into the full gospel businessmen meetings and Demas would get all over him because he just interrupted the whole meeting. 
and he'd come through there and he'd start whistling these crazy songs. He sounded just like a bird. And he did this all over the country. And Demas, he, in fact, Demas stood up that, that night and said, Birdman, I told you if you ever do this again, I'm not going to let you in another meeting. Now sit down and shut up. <laughs> now, I don't know what that was in bird language, but I don't think it was appropriate. <laughs> so, there were weird people that came. Flaky people would come. Ooh, you know. So I'm thinking this guy is one of those flakes. So he comes up on the stage. And the president of that chapter was sitting on the end. And the music is still playing and everything. And the president of that chapter is sitting on the end. And, and uh, this guy grabs his arm and starts dancing with him on the stage. Then he let go of him and he went to the next person. And he danced with them. And I'm kind of looking out the corner of my eye. And Charles Capps is next to me. Now, Charles was the most conservative guy you ever met in your life. He was born with a crew cut and he went to heaven with a crew cut. <laughs> Charles used to say, I'm like God, I changeth not. <laughs> Charles did not dance. Charles did not even sing. <laughs> in fact... The first time Brother Copeland invited Phil Driscoll to a believer's convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, Phil had long hair, but he was bald on the front. <laughs> I'll never forget what Charles said. Phil, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I got to tell it. When, when Brother Copeland introduced Phil and he come out there with that trumpet, and man, I'd never heard anybody play a trumpet like him. When he walked out there, though, Charles said, my God, look what the dogs drug in. <laughs> and he played that trumpet so loud. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. Charles got up. I didn't know where he was going, but he got up and he went to the restroom and put toilet paper in his ears. Now, that's, that's how conservative Charles was. He never, he never smiled. He never, he never got into it. He just stood there like this. Well, Charles is next. I'm looking over there like this. And that, that guy dropped, grabbed Charles's arm, went to dancing with him. Charles never moved. He stayed at a chair. And this arm's doing this. never moved. Just kept looking straight forward. Finally, the guy gave up on him and now I'm next. I thought, oh man, there went my arm, you know. I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want to look like a fool, you know, and, and look like, you know, I'm not in with the program. So I danced with him and much to my surprise, the joy of the Lord hit me. Turns out this nut was Bill Bozanski. <laughs> and Bill and I became closest of friends. 
Oh, we traveled together all over the world, Bill and B, his wife. We loved each other. We just, we just had a marvelous time. And I told Bill, and I told it at his funeral, his home going. I said, Bill Bozanski is responsible for Jerry Savelle having joy. He taught me the power of joy. And you couple joy and faith together, that's an unbeatable team. Amen. When you have the joy of the Lord and you're not afraid to express it. Amen. You have the joy of the Lord. Man, I've had the joy of the Lord hit me in meetings and I dance like a wild man. Sometimes, because I'm proud of my Cherokee heritage, I sound like a wild Indian. Hey. <laughs> Mostly in my study, in, you know, my library, but boy, I get to dance around like a wild Indian. Hey, hey, oh. And I noticed Brother Copeland does the same thing. Sometimes when we're together in meetings and we're in prayer together, he's over, hey, 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 hey. We're in the... Amen. Now I got joy today. Thank God. Thank God that Bill, Bill Bozanski came into my life. I got joy. I got joy like a river, hallelujah. And I'm not afraid to express it. Glory be to God. Come on, you need some joy today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Now, once again, if thou faint in the day of adversity, you could say it this way. It's because your joy is small. Because strength comes from joy. Amen. Your strength, your joy is small. It's been diminished. I like to tell the devil all the time, I still got my joy. Practice that. I still got my joy. Tell the devil, I still got my joy. Hallelujah. And sometimes, boy, I'm telling you, there, there came a time one time, a really serious attack on our ministry. And I wished I'd never written that book. Because, <laughs> boy, I'm telling you, oh, he was after my joy. And he almost got it. But I was right in the middle of it. I, and I heard the Lord, I heard the Holy Spirit say on the inside of me, you better get a grip on this. If he steals your joy, it'll be easier to steal it the next time. Amen. All right, now, you could say, you can either respond to adversity the Bible way, or you can respond to it the way most people respond. And most people have already resolved in their minds. There's no way I can overcome this. There's no way I can win. There's no way that I'll ever get over this. No, that's not the way believers think. That's not the way believers talk, or it shouldn't be. Amen? You might be thinking, but how can I maintain my joy in the midst of all of this? Well, let's 
let's look at what David had to say about it. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In the present, in thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now notice joy comes from being in the presence of God. Now I want you to ask yourself right now. You don't have to say it out loud, but ask yourself right now. How much quality time over the last five, six months have I spent in the presence of God? Now, for some Christians, it'd be easier for them to answer, how much time have I spent in front of a television set? Why do so many born-again Christians never realize their full potential and live defeated lives? Do you know what to do when hardships and challenges arise? In today's special offer, the How to Respond to Adversity Package, you will receive Jerry Savelle's four-part CD series, Breaking Through the Impossible, and his popular book, The Force of Joy, and his recent book, The Faithful Shall Flourish. In this package, Jerry teaches how to be persistent in faith, why God can be trusted, and one of the fastest ways to see a breakthrough. In the midst of adversity, you can respond in faith and confidence, knowing what God has promised is on the way. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the How to Respond to Adversity special package. Don't fall for the trap of discouragement and doubt. Order today to experience God's breakthrough power in your life. I want to thank you once again for joining me today. And I want to ask you this question before we leave the air. Was your faith inspired? Did you hear something that helped you today? If you did, then I want you to contact me and let me know. I want to know that this broadcast is blessing your life, that it's helping you in your walk with God. And most importantly, it's teaching you how to live in victory because that's what God wants. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. God intends for you and I to live in victory. He wants you to learn how to respond to adversity in a very positive way and stand on the Word of God and refuse to give up and just simply wait until the breakthrough comes. And trust me, if you will do that, the breakthrough will come. I know I've been living this way now for 51 years, coming up 52 years, and God has never let me down, and He won't let you down either. Now, before I leave the air, let me remind you, this will be the first, last time actually, that we will be offering this special package four CDs on breaking through the impossible. This little book, The Faithful Shall Flourish. When you're faithful to the Word of God, you're faithful to God, you can count on it. God will see you through. And then this powerful little book, The Force of Joy, it's one of the greatest things I've ever learned. Learning how to tap into the joy of the Lord and the power that it will produce in your life. All the ordering information is on the screen right now. Contact us. We'll be happy to send it to you just as quickly as we possibly can. And be sure to join me again next week as we begin a new lesson. And I look forward to talking to you then. So have a good week. And remember, your faith will overcome the world.